Welcome to the Social Business Hangout. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience in Brantford, Ontario. Please welcome Graham Chinton. I want to start with something that has nothing to do with comedy. Okay. You have a thing. Yeah. You have a Volkswagen 181? Yeah. Is that correct? Type 181. Type 181. For those of you, do you know what a Type 181 is? Google Login. Yeah. Oh, what? Look at that. <laughs> David, yeah. good congratulations. Google that. So, I, I love VW, and your dad loves VW, too. Yeah. And, and, and I started. He, he I, Really? Okay, so there's the question. Tell me about the VW in your family. Okay, so I bought a Volkswagen thing, I think just because I had a little extra money and wanted a summer car, and I bought a Volkswagen thing, which was... If you had Patty and Selma drive one in The Simpsons, and is that your I think there's reason? no, no, but I just like to have examples. Uh, there's one in The Fog, and there's one in Fifty First Dates, and uh, yeah, it's just a wash tub on wheels. It's some combination of a German military vehicle and a metal tub. And it's basically built on the same platform, if I did my research correctly, as your dad's Volkswagen. They're both based on a Volkswagen. Uh, the engine chassis. is the same. Yeah, I think part of the chassis are a bit different. But I no? think part of it's Carmen Gear. It's a slightly oh, bigger. Right. This is probably no, thrilling no, no, for no, a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know your crowd. Okay. This is the crickets. I'm always worried that I'm crickets not. Crickets love to know about your VW thing. Okay. Google it. Yeah. See, I worry. About, oh, don't worry yeah. about Heather. Okay. She's, she's stuck yeah. here for the night. So, yeah. So again, it's a Beetle engine, Carmen Gear floor pan, which is a little larger. And then the sides of it was Volkswagen's poor attempt at capturing the Jeep market, and they sold it for '73 and '74 only. And then Ralph Nader happened, <laughs> and they Sorry. thought nobody should be ever allowed to drive one of these ever again. It doesn't have airbags. It doesn't have anything. It doesn't. Ha does, it does it have, have seatbelts? It has. It's a cabriolet, if I'm not mistaken. Does it actually come with a roof? It has a roof that. Uh, it has a roof that is not in great shape. But I only drive it in the summer. It doesn't have heat anyway, so you'd only want to drive it on a nice day. And I think it's the only car that Volks... I think it's the only car ever that the ad was, if you don't like how it looks, go ahead and paint it. The only ad that featured other people painting it, they knew it was such a... I'm going to be the second swear. Such a dog shit ugly car that they were like, if you, this is the best way you can make it look. Do what you can. You know, it's, it's funny. When I, did t when I decided to do tonight, I'm like, Graham does clean comedy. Yeah. I'm going to be clean tonight. I'm oh. not going to swear. Well, I swear. I think there's a big thing with people think clean comedy is like, I don't do vulgar comedy. Ah. There's no vulgarity in my act. But I swear, because a lot of it's about home renovation, which to me which is, yeah. is the time you swear more than ever. Oh, By the way, yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of Instagram, i got to say the picture of my girlfriend, I want to make sure I get it right. It's somewhere in the little wife somewhere, girlfriend. Have yeah. you met the Karen? Graham? Oh, same. Yeah. Chanel? Yes. The picture of her flat face down on, on the grass with you guys uh, putting in the... Oh, laying sod. You have so many horrible examples of your life doing house maintenance. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't want to cut into your special, but tell me about your home maintenance. Well, so I've moved back to Brantford about eight years ago, and sort of, I don't know, I have this weird instinct to do the things that, I'm a bit like a sea turtle. I've returned to where I'm from. It's called Bradford. To lay roots. <laughs> I know, like, so I thought I, like, I, want, I wanted to buy a house and I wanted to like, when there's also Brantford of any place, there's a shame in not doing some of the work yourself because it makes you seem like you d aren't a man if you don't ruin your own house. <laughs> so I started doing some stuff based on what I know and what I've assumed and what I Googled. It's a combo of those three things. So and then so we lived on Kensington first, and then we moved again. So we just finished that first house, and then we moved to a better neighborhood, just for a better neighborhood to walk the dogs. We moved to Henderson just because it was a better place to walk the dogs. Now, just to interject, because I did yeah. do a bit of you didn't want the dog initially, if I if I read that correctly, right? Well, I didn't understand the point of them, but yet your life now is defined not only by your geo coordinates, your life is like. Controlled by said dog. Dog zip. 
Doug's up. Yeah. I thought there was just Where? the one. Just the one? Are you crazy? Oh, There's no, well, several. I, 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 I'm not stalking you that much. We peaked at five. You peaked at five. Which is against the, the rules. Ru- it was totally against the rules. It's against we the... We would never yeah. break five in a household. If anyone's ever. here from the city, I meant three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have three. So, wait. There's but you different. also have cats. Do you not? No, we very briefly fostered oh, okay. cats, but... Um, because we found them under my girlfriend's mom's shed, and then they do the catch and release yeah. thing. The SPCA is very full, and a lot of places are very full because cats are very good at making other cats. Yes. And it's like Especially their, it's like their the year, best skill. So we fostered My girlfriend will not, she's very allergic to cats. So we fostered them in the basement, and she wore a mask for eight months. And like I said, and this sounds inappropriate when I say it, but she wore a mask every day for eight months, but she's half Asian, so it kind of looked natural. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I told myself that he wouldn't do a skit tonight, but you're yeah. a funny man regardless. Yeah. Um, shifting back to the, the, the home renovation, yeah. just, just briefly, you, you made that a, a good core of your comedic routine. It, yeah. Not to say you have, you know, a non-exhaustive comedic routine, but... Yeah, well, I think that, yeah, all of my material is about the stuff in my life that's ruining me and challenging my... You're in Brantford. Well, cha- yeah, cha- I know. Challenging my sort of mental stability, and I feel like home renovation is something that takes, like, you know, you always underestimate, you know, if you're, like, grilling, you know, if you're sautéing mushrooms, you always underestimate how many you need, or you're, by a little bit. 20%. You never not have enough mushrooms. 20, you know what I mean? Like a lot of okay. stuff you get wrong. You Five minutes late to some works. You thought I need 35 minutes. It took 40 minutes. But home renovation is that one thing where you're like, okay, I think I need two days, and it's like seven months. Right. It's like the rest of your life. So allow me to introduce, do you know the Wilsons? They're right here. Not, that, do that, we know? So, I don't think we've, no. But as long as you're worried too. She'll hug you later. Yeah. But these yeah. two have been in renovation hell for? Since August 17th. So much yeah. so that they've been living in a trailer. trailer. Ah. Okay. So yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah. And uh, what are you doing? Well, we got a kitchen. Got to the kitchen. And got to the bathroom. Oh, you, both sources of so water at the same time. Yeah. yeah. No, of course. Yeah. Thus, thus the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Thus yeah. the trailer. And then we're also doing some improvements to our front room, so we're adding a fireplace. Oh, but you're supposed to be done by now. Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. you? Would you? Three weeks? Did you give yourself uh, three weeks? Six. Six, yeah. Unlike, you, less. unlike yeah. you, they were smart enough to actually hire someone. See, but I don't like hiring people either. Like, it's okay, but they still don't know what you want. And they still send... I think if my contractor was here, he would say I'm hovering. That you're hovering? <laughs> you have to hover. You have to hover because if you don't, they just will do the crappiest job they have to oh, yeah. and yeah. bury it under some drywall. Mm. But, so we were getting our basement. Yeah, we were drywalling our basement, and um, you know they always the guy who comes and quotes you. Once he has your money, never comes back. He sends his most marginally qualified friend. Is that synonymous with adept? Yeah, it's somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. So he was he didn't have the right drill bit, and he was just gonna drywall in more of my basement. He was just gonna lower the ceiling because he didn't have a drill bit that would get in to get the drywall bracket. He was gonna lower the whole ceiling for the whole hallway. And I was like, well, if I lent you, you the are, bit, you know, a bit well, I'm the, but what if real size people buy this house after me? <laughs> so I was like, what if I lent you the drill bit? Could you just make it the right size? And he's like, yeah, I guess. He was yeah, gonna, what if I hadn't hovered? Yeah. Right? You have to hover. Then it would be bumping your head. I'd be bumping my head on the ceiling. And if I'm bumping my head on the ceiling, everybody's bumping their head on the ceiling. Yeah. So good luck with your renovations. (laughs) We're supposed to be in our last week. You're not. You're supposed to be. You're not. Yeah. (laughs) See? Chris just spoke. Yeah. Do you see how quiet he was? We want to get back in our hand. And waited and waited. And look at that face. Yeah. That is the face of Graham right there. Is that not the face of Graham? That's your comedic routine right there. And for a person who's not renovating, how much work are you doing? I did a ton of yeah, yeah, there's Karen prep work. wanted the patterned ceiling out of the roof. Yeah. So I mudded the whole thing. Yeah, see? Four times. You paid somebody and you're you're working. Yeah. And here's the thing. He's actually got a real hard job to start with. This he is does. actually his vacation. Well, yeah, what's your actual job? Um, I, like, climb through small pipes and tanks and stuff like that to fix the interior coatings and stuff. Like of that. tanks? Yeah. 
What? For, for like like Not acid tank. Acid tank. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I believe they are gold mining or. Oh gold. Yeah, I do gold. I as well as in there. Ah, those oh, so are all over the country. Oh no, he's all over the world. If I'm not mistaken. All over the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he travels more than you. Uh, she never sees him. I've been to some gold mining towns, though. <laughs> well, yeah. You, okay, so there's a perfect segue. Yeah, Wells, BC. <laughs> that is actually. Yeah. That's awesome. You are. First of all, congratulations on your award. Thank you. You know, so a lot of people here know him as the comedian. Oh. I know him as a VW owner. Yeah. Uh, but you are a writer. And the last video I saw of you, you were shivering in the cold in the middle of the Atlantic with a punchline. I've been on two different lobster boats this year. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the series, because some people here may not know, and I would love for you to share your experience behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. So uh, I'm a writer on Still Standing on CBC. Um, we're airing our fourth season. We're all collectively missing the Wilberforce episode tonight, right now, because we're here. Um, so we're, we're shooting wait, season wait, five. Can I say that this event trumped that episode? No. Yes, okay. you can. <laughs> Though it's on the CBC, so I bet this many people watch the episode tonight. No, 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 I think more. Yeah, probably more. We actually, we, we, do, we get good numbers. So for those of you who don't know the show, uh, Johnny Harris goes, town to, goes to small towns in Canada that have been on the ropes and have been you know, fighting to survive or keep people there and keep purpose there and keep business there. And now they've kind of found their way back and are finding new purposes and repurposing what their <laughs> town does and, and things like that. So we go there and in one week we meet people from the town who are doing things and we write a stand-up show in town for the town about the town. So, And it's a 45-minute routine that gets cut down to you know, 20 minutes of not always my favorite stuff. Like some of the really good jokes are... Well, but never it's not be always the case though? Yeah. Now here's, here's what I don't get. You're arriving at a location you've never scouted. Yep. I'm assuming. Or Somebody least, scouts. Somebody scouted. Along. The, the writing team and, and the, the acting team, and, you know, the team mm. arrives. And in the span of, what, 24 hours? No, we're there for five days. Five days. Okay, so in the span Shows of, on five days. So we sort of wandered the town for three, okay. four days. So during those days, yeah. you, you find the story that makes you, up the we show. We know we're going to talk to, but yes. Yeah, you find the jokes. Because most of your jokes yeah. are centric to that location. They're all centric yeah, to exactly. those people. In the, yeah. Because you're, you're, see, and this is the part I do love. Because I don't watch the CBC. I don't watch Create TV. I don't watch TV. But I do know. You're one of those. I'm one of those. Come on, everyone watches TV. No. Everybody binges TV. I binge my own Everyone story. pretends we don't have time Let for anything. We've that. all seen I, 40 episodes of every show that's ever been made. We all talk like we're too busy. And if you ask somebody a question about the third season of The Wire, they oh know because they've seen it three God. times. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We have a lot let of time. Everyone that. has lots of time. I watch a we lot of shows. Anything. I just don't yeah. watch it on TV. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, let me rephrase that. I don't watch commercials. Yes, That's fair enough. Oh yeah, no one watches. Having really said that, I have actually streamed an episode. Oh, to, uh, uh, still standing because I was like, this is a cool concept. Yeah, it's a spectacular concept because, first and foremost, this goes back to something that Dave Levac said earlier. It's about the stories mm. and some of these small towns you never hear about, and I got to say, for a Canadian. To be able to travel the country mm -hmm. and see that viewpoint, has it changed you at all? Yeah. Uh, yes. Done. Move on. Yeah, no. move on. Next question. Um, yeah, you see that, like, you see what makes a community fail and you see what makes it work and you see, um, yeah, you do see these stories that, like, you just find out more than you thought you'd ever know about the country. You know, I've seen a, a wharf in Newfoundland that was bombed by Nazi submarines. Um, I've seen dinosaur tracks, though. I think we all knew that dinosaurs were here. Um, but you see, yeah, what I've been in a like a um, a buoyant lake, like a salt lake. I got to float in Manitou Beach, which is like the Dead Sea, where you can float in it, and it's all there. But yeah, you see what makes things work and fail, and you know, the one thing that happens in every town is we get there, people go, "Oh, it's so hard. We lost the rail. We lost the railway." And you're like, "Well." Everybody lost the railway. It's connected. We've heard that story a million times. And like, we might lose our post office. Well, yeah. I mean, email is here to stay. And uh, so, but you see what makes it work. And every time, what makes a town work is community and volunteerism, <laughs> if that's a word. No, it is. Yeah. For tonight, it is. For one night only. Yeah. It is a word. But it, it made me want to also learn more about Brantford and the history and why it like. Well, and maybe let let 
like I'm not from here. You you were born here. Yeah. And, and you were here for the better part of your most of my life. Most of your life. Yeah. Uh, I moved a lot of my life because I'm a military brat. So ah. that every two year mil so I grew up on military bases and yeah. the biggest difference with military bases is they are their own little community. Yeah. Uh, so much so that you know we've got it is the, the first original gated community with the MP with a proper rifle. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you couldn't get in back in those days. So to come to a place like Brantford that has been hit hard in various ways, you've seen a lot of examples of similar towns, smaller, yeah. in these, uh, based on the concept of your show, but that have been hit and have rebounded or have found their core and whatnot. And I do know, and like I said, it's, uh, Dave will point this out, the one thing I do see a lot in Brantford, there's a lot of volunteering. There is a certain degrees of community building in there that seem to ignore the fact that, yeah, the Massey-Ferguson is no more. The rail is no right. more. They, they've been able to say, you know what? Yeah, it's no more, and they moved on. But there's still that core, and it's a big core. Yeah, once you build infrastructure, it's hard to go, well, we don't do this anymore. Like, we've been to mining towns that are like, that's what we... The, the thing is, sometimes people go, oh, we're not a mine. We don't mine anymore. You know, we're trying to find a new purpose. And it's like, if these houses weren't built of brick, I would just tell you to move. Like, truthfully, we'll never say it on the CBC, but sometimes you think, like, people are fighting for their town, and you're like, there's nothing here. Like, we went to Pilot Mount, Manitoba, and this, these volunteers bought a hockey arena from Sundance, Manitoba, and drove it, ate it, they took it apart, piece by piece, drove it to Pilot Mound, but it is far and away the biggest building in town. It would have been easier to move next to the hockey arena. They should have moved next to this hockey arena. So, um, so what is it then about that, that that this is our location. Like, there's something about, someone at one point in time said, I'm gonna put a pin in the map and say, this is where the city will be. Yeah. And we will grow an ecosystem and a commercial, yeah. you know, well, and then that'll break. Yeah, well we saw one time where they built it here and then, cause they said, the rail said we're coming here and then the rail went over there and they were like, well, we already built the houses. So sometimes, yeah, once you have the infrastructure, you just kinda make a go of it. A lot of these remote towns, as you say, we're tied to either shipping uh, shipping lanes if they, if they were the Maritimes or the Pacific, yeah. uh, uh, lumber, you know, railroad and whatnot, or you know, to use the movie Cars, you know, hey, all of a sudden the uh, superpass went over this way and this entire little town disappeared because how much is that 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 flow through? Because if I understand correctly, there was a period of time where Brantford was disconnected from the 400 highways as well and was kind of you know, off to the side and right. pushing for that connectivity. Right, and then it also did get closed off when uh, they built the Eden Center and then, you know, Market Street used to come right through town. But it's kind of this weird thing even now. I think it's happening again with Brand Ave. Everyone hates the traffic unless you have a business on there mm -hmm. and then you want the traffic. Well, they're pushing for two-way traffic down uh, downtown for the purpose of slowing people down so they can go, oh, look, there's something there. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm sorry to tell you, no. and I, I, I've had this argument with Joe, if you're forcing me to go through the downtown to get to West Brant to get home, yeah, and I'm cursing every single time I hit the brake going through, there's no way I want to see the downtown core. Right. Okay, so why would you make the worst? I, I'm finally getting home. Yes. Why would you make the worst experience what you're trying to promote? Yeah, the problem that we've, we always want a solution to the problem that, like, we want a solution to the small problem, but you don't want a solution to that bigger problem, and that is that, like, there's a lot of us trying to get to work on the highway. We need a bypass because we all commute to our jobs and nobody really, nobody walks to work. Not nobody, but I, I, nobody. I, I get picked up by my Uber. Oh yeah, are you Ubering in town? No, I got Joe. Oh, no, not bad. But yeah, like, so you want a few people to go through downtown, but the problem is people don't do short commutes to work anymore. No. So you're right, we need, I've li I work 45 minutes from here, I gotta drive, I need a bypass. And then it does, the downtown does suffer, but I think, I think we realize we miss it and downtowns are kind of building up again. Yeah. But you still don't want to drive through it, but they've gotten good enough again that people will go <laughs> seek them out. And I think that, I hope. Uh, to, to me, when, when I think about you know, just general economic development of an area, and this is a hangout, as you picked up, that there's a lot of conversations that take place here. To me, when I think of all those stories of those small towns, is there anything that you've picked up that might be applicable to a Brantford to say, hey, get your head out of shake or else you're becoming something like this? I think the biggest problem that Brantford, well, not the biggest problem, but one of the problems they face that small towns don't have 
is it is like it's big. It's like a hundred thousand people, but we're sort of in the shadow of a much bigger area. So this like the word of mouth I find is harder to get. I would find it harder to do a show in Brantford than it is to do in Edgerton, Alberta. Because Edgerton, Alberta only has whatever, five hundred people. They're all in this room right now. Yeah, but they're five hundred people. Yeah. But 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 once you get to town, five hundred people know what you're doing. You're the only thing going on. They all know each other. Everybody knows within a day. And they're all going to go because it's the thing. It's so I've always felt Brantford is a little splintered where even comedians who are friends of mine will come to town and leave and then I'll see something the next day that said they were here. And it's like, so Brantford is, is not big enough to carry the momentum that a Hamilton or a Toronto will, but it's too big to have the word of the mouth that even like a Paris would or a, you know... I did a show in La Salette, and it's like everyone in La Salette knows you're coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to that point, when, when you, because this kind of goes back to that social media thing that we were talking about earlier, everything's just all over the place. You know, whether or not you get your news here or your news here, like, back to your point. There was a time when Seinfeld was the thing. You yeah. Know, that was the only show that yes. you would watch, and you would talk about it the next day. And by the way, your, your comedy is very Seinfeld-esque, by the way. Oh, that, thank you. That's a slight compliment, I guess, hopefully. I'll take that, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we have a very disconnected scenario now. And as you say, when you go to a smaller town, it's still, the, that vibe is still focused. Yeah, we still put, like, posters in the windows of the stores, and it works. Yeah. Like, because there's only eight stores. So you can post to the downtown in 10 minutes. But people also come in, and they talk about... Like, I, I was driving between Regina and, and Winnipeg, and this isn't a great example if you're trying to get a show. But we saw a skunk that was dead on the road about 45 minutes from where we stopped to, to pee and get coffee, which is also the mechanic. Well, when we got there, two guys were talking about that skunk. So a focus at least exists in these smaller towns, you know? If there's a dead skunk on the road, everyone's talking about the skunk. More people talk about that skunk than this show. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, shit. Uh, give me, if you will, because uh, I, I'm fascinated by the production of a show like this. Yeah. Uh, you you kind of hinted at it, but what's a day in the life there? From, from Walk me through maybe an episode. Or walk a... these people through an episode. Okay. Only if you want, though. Do you want? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. More about the skunk. More about <laughs> the skunk. Yeah. yeah. We'll throw yeah. in tidbits of the skunk. Eastbound. It, it got hit by somebody going eastbound. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> See, but they were talking about it. Um, yeah, Better so. Sun visors, that's what we need. What's that? Better sun visors. Better sun visors, I know. Eh, or let's get them in some. Yeah, some people are going to hit that skunk either way because they just want to. Yes. Yeah. Have you met Joe? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we. So a story producer goes out ahead of time and does actually scout the town. So it's sort of weird where, like, uh, you know, there's the story of the town, but I guess what the plot is is where you pick, um, you know, the story you're going to tell, which I think. Truthfully, after an episode airs, people will send emails and say, you forgot this part. People will always say that. If you told the story of Brantford, somebody would say, you missed this, you missed, for sure. If you didn't talk about Mike on a bike, you'd be... Yeah, exactly. Sure. Someone's like, you didn't miss Mike on a bike, you I know? I miss Mike on a bike. Yeah, so we'll say, about the river, you know, some people would say, like, you know. And to speak to, you know, to speak to Dave Levac's point, yeah. you learned about the history of Brantford, and when I went to school, we learned nothing about the residential school or any oh, of that God, stuff. No. You know, you learn about the and telephone. You in your, back, your backyard. You learn about the telephone, and that's it. Yeah. You move on. That would be the story they tell. So we have to decide what we're going to tell. We went to Rogersville, New Brunswick, and we were going to tell a story about how it was the Brussels sprout capital of Canada, and somehow it became a story about the Acadian <laughs> capital of Canada. So um, we go to town. We have the people we're going to talk to. And then the story producer has a story meeting with the points we're going to hit. And then Johnny Harris will interview this person. And then we actually have uh, context, or we're listening into the interview from usually a, it's a, always a tight, cramped space with crew moving around. So we're around a corner. I think people think we're weirdos. We look like Secret Service, but with laptops, and we're nerds. So we're like, we're like if Secret Service were nerds, that's what we look like, because we've got an earphone in, and we're just like taking notes, which would be very intimidating. If we're interviewing some woman who bakes muffins, and we're, you know, she sees the three weirdos in a corner just doing like this. 
<laughs> Those are the funniest muffins ever. Yeah, like, yeah, well, and we will write, and we can each see. We work on a Google Doc that lets us yeah. all. So sometimes we do make each other laugh. So sometimes it must be horrifying for this woman who's like baking muffins with Crabtree from Murdoch, and there's like three nerds in the corner going, because <laughs> we're pitching jokes. So. We load up a bunch of jokes, and at the end of the day, Johnny sits down with us and goes through what he likes and what he doesn't, and he, he makes a few, you know, his own. And then, uh, and then, so throughout the week, we have what is like a working set for the end of the week, and we have to make sure it hits the story points. And sometimes he does exciting stuff, like there's actual activity, so, and we get to follow along, so sometimes we get to go on a jet boat. Didn't he, didn't he go paragliding just recently? That's Wilberforce. Is that the one that we're missing tonight? Yeah, we're missing it tonight. I'm so you guys are missing paragliding. Wilberforce? Right? Wilberforce. Aww. But you know what? It's streamed on CBC. You can watch it whenever you it's want. It's streamed on CBC, and then it's streamed, it's left on there as long as the Danish company that owns the rights to the format lets us leave it on there. It, and is, it, is it a format that was bought? Yeah, we bought it from a, well, not we, I say yeah, we, yeah, like yeah, I have any money, we. but we, the royal, we, we bought it from a Danish company, which is strange because if you see the Danish version, it's one guy being an absolute goof-off. And just wandering around the town, it Not doesn't Johnny tell as much of the story. <laughs> no, well, it's, they wouldn't understand it. It's in Danish. So, uh, yeah. So we. Yeah, so, and then at the end of the week, there's always a, an event we go to, and that's the last thing we shoot. And then, yeah. And then, day four of the day time we're there, we uh, we're writing and then rewriting. And Johnny will say, I, "I like this premise. We need a joke for it." So it's sort of funny to. Sometimes you write jokes for the sake of jokes, but a lot of times you have to write to a point. You know, like uh, the Brussels sprout manufacturing stopped in 1982 when they found a new supplier in here, and, and then we have to tell that point. And then you have to have a punchline to that point, which is, which is hard. <laughs> so that's a perfect segue to the, the creative writing process. Yeah. Writing comedy, God almighty. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like I've have seen you do your your you know you have some videos and whatnot. I, I see you trying things. Yeah. And and is it kind of that? It's just constantly just throwing there and having someone going. Oh. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot of deleting. A lot of your stuff gets deleted. Um, yeah, it, writing in a group is very fun. Uh, write with two other guys, Fraser Young and Steve Dillon, who are very funny guys. So that is actually very fun. Writing by yourself, like, I mean, writing a book to me sounds like the hardest thing you would ever have to do. Have you met Doug Racky? That's what I mean. I don't author. even know how you'd write a book. Because you have to sit there with yourself. <laughs> have you ever made yourself laugh? It's damn near impossible. So, like, you're your own critic while you're writing. You're like, well, that's stupid. But you have to write the crappy version first. And then go, well, yeah, I change this line. Maybe I cut this part out. I think I tweaked my book. 75, 85. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You, but the, the hardest part, I read a lot of first drafts of a lot of episodes of TV, and you know, I wrote for Mr. D, and we had to write a lot of stuff. And the first draft will always be terrible. So any logical person would think, why would I write a terrible something? But you have to do it. And you get up and check the fridge a lot. What do you mean by check the fridge? I mean, you literally go check the fridge. I mean, oh, you, you, mean, like I you, mean, you clean your, your house. Top to bottom, uh, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, check yeah, yeah. your fridge every 10 minutes, and you have to tell yourself, okay, write for 10 minutes and you can have a snack. You write for 15 minutes and you can have a snack. Write for 20 minutes and you can go outside. You have to write the hard, the bad stuff first. Um, and then sometimes it never gets good, but sometimes if you stick with it and you tweak it, it gets good. Yeah. So that's the process. Like, I mean, a 40, so a 22 minute episode of Still Standing is about 15 minutes of the final show, which is a 45 minute set, which is probably about five or six hours of jokes that are just never going to exist. Now, did they ever think of just releasing the set by itself? We always talk about it. We never do it. Yeah. TV is, you can't get anything yeah. done in TV. So another perfect segue. It's yeah. almost as if we're planning here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of TV or something with a .TV domain, yeah. uh, Crave TV. Yeah. Okay, so here's an example. So I'll, I'll use a competitor just for the point, and then we'll shift it. So on Netflix, yeah. uh, all of a sudden they, they bring on Seinfelds with this comedian in cars. The next thing you know, every single thing on Netflix is someone like you doing their shit. Yeah. Okay. Like just flooded in the last year, and I swear Seinfeld's getting a penny off of each one of those. It's not that they just picked a direction. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Pra, Robbie Pra, who worked for Just for Laughs, was poached by Netflix, and then now he has made it this thing where he's so like. So he's the one to, to blame for. They all just that. decided Netflix is doing comedy specials. And, and and here's the thing, 
I've, I've done my research in terms of what you would have gone through to put your set together. Yeah. Uh, you know, the costs and the production and the, the, the releasing and whatnot. It's the perfect mechanism. So my question to you, why Crave TV? Um, because they offered me a special. And I was, <laughs> and I was. No one offered yeah, me a special. And and truthfully, um, yeah. If you get in on a platform early, and then the platform is good, you, you're gangbusters. Like I wouldn't want to have a Netflix special on now yeah. as much as I would have five years ago. Yeah. I'd still want it because Netflix is still so much bigger than Crave, that it's still a better place to be. Mm. But I, you'd want to have a Netflix original special in the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. Same way House of Cards is a bigger show than something of the same quality that's been released now by Netflix. Because Netflix, it's all originals, which just makes me hate them for throwing out their old catalog of stuff that wasn't Netflix. Yeah. So if, like Letterkenny yep. came out when Crave came out and they came out together and that was, the, was a the big Genesis. thing for them. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Russell Peters hit when the internet became a thing. You know, and the timing was perfect. Uh, Mark Little and those guys from Picnic Face, who you might not know, but had you know a good career, um, who are now doing Cavendish, which is a CBC show. They got in very early on Funny or Die, mm -hmm. when when Will Ferrell and Adam McKay launched oh a God. website at a time. And you're like, why would a movie star launch a video website for idiots oh God, making internet videos? Back at the height of it. But if you got in there early, you'd be on the front page of Funny or Die every day for a month, and there's no content. Yeah. But now there's a ton of content. So Crave TV. Now I wish they'd promoted it a little more, but I think they were hoping. I would be a star and they would promote it. And I was hoping they would promote it until I was a star. So we're kind of, it's gift of the magi here, if that's a good example. Yeah. Or we're just both being lazy. Or we're both just being, it's not gift of the magi. Yeah. What it is is two people in a tired marriage hoping the other will make the effort. <laughs> Have you met Karen? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the reason I bring it up, because. It, it, it's a big investment to put a show like that together. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I was glad it, they footed the bill. That's why, that's why Crave TV, they picked up they the tab. They paid yeah. the bill. Because when we were talking to Trevor earlier, and this plays into it, there was a time you, in 2008, you'd go on social media, and you were it. You yeah. Know, you, you'd talk to a few people, and you'd get your followers, and you would just carry that wave. Yeah. And then they would, those experts, this is rantish for a those experts would say, this is how easy it is to do it. Yeah. And then someone in 2010 would try to do that, and it's like, you're competing with 50,000% more. Oh, yeah, every idiot agent, and I've had several, <laughs> their advice to you is, you should go viral. Oh, that's, like, such, yeah. that's so easy. I know, idiot. Do you have a Lancaster? Yeah, that that's helps? what I mean, yeah. <laughs> you should get more followers. Yeah, I know. It's like saying you should make more money. Yeah, I know. You should have merch. I would love a Lancaster, though. That'd be all right. You know what? I, I said this uh, to the CF18 demo team. Yeah. They, they've got 250,000 shares and this. You've got a CF18. Yeah. You really don't need to understand it. Yeah. There's a lot to that, too, which is like, it's hard. Quality is one thing, but it doesn't go viral. No. It's got to be weird. You've got to capture a moment in time, or you've got to do something. And that's the hard part. Well, and once again, just shifting to, to the Trevor bit, because it plays into this, viral doesn't necessarily mean success. There are a lot of viral things that made no money. Oh, yeah. I've had friends who, like, went viral, and then a couple of weeks later, it's like, uh, you know, you're back to where you, you start. Like, I've asked friends who went viral. I have, you know, a million views. Facebook video is a great one. Facebook video is kind of a funny one, because I think why it works is because you have to opt out. It starts playing, and you go, I'm too lazy to stop this. And you watch it. And that's how they go viral. And I've had friends, like, million, two million, three million views. I'm like, so I need to know like, what happens. You're still living at home with your parents. Nothing. Yeah, they're like, yeah, nothing. Which is, which is uh, disappointing if you've gone viral and kind of exciting if you haven't. Because you're like, oh, thank God. We're I all do, failing. I do know, and this is, like I said, professionally, a lot of people are ill-prepared for that when that moment happens. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, they went viral, they got the hit, and they never had a clue what their call to action should be. Yeah. Because at the height of that virality, if you just said, donate to the Brandt Animal Aid Foundation. Yes. Like Please Thank do. Thank you. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes. Yes. But so, people, so many people, and Trevor and I deal with these people on a regular basis. Yeah. No clue. I, oh, I got to do yeah. an ask? I gotta convert yeah. this. I'm one of those people. Well, I know. I think everybody is. I'm trying like, to train you here, sir. I know. Well, do you have any ideas for like? So I was at just for laughs. Uh, 42 and or, or nope, Montreal. the Montreal one. 
And uh, the, the lovely folks um, who uh, are the company that brought you Despicable Me mm. were like, uh, that was really funny. Do you have any ideas for an animated movie? Do you have a script or anything? And I was like, no, of course not. I just happen to have a Minions 5 right here. So, I mean, obviously that one's not fair. But some people would have, yes. you know, a movie script, an animated script. So every, comedians suffer from it a little bit, too, because comedians are sort of by nature lazy and defeatist and cynical. It's part of your humor. It's hard to be positive in comedy because my whole act is based on everything being so stupid. <laughs> so comedy is a weird thing where, like, I go to a lot of these, um, I was at a, in uh Salt Lake City at a thing called Mastermind Talks and all these people are, go for it. I get up and swim in an ice cold pool at five in the morning and you gotta be your own whatever and do it and go for it. And you're like, but comedians are like, nah, everything's dumb. <laughs> so I'm trying to reconcile the two where I do go for things and like things and try for things, but still joke about them. It, it is humor truly that medicine that kind of just weighs off the stupidity of life? Yeah. Of, yeah, absolutely. That's a simple answer. That's a yeah, and it, but it's, and it also, it's a cop-out. I mean, it diffuses situations. You know, I feel like I got into comedy so I didn't have to get any confrontations. So that's why I do it. Like, so how do you deal with hecklers if you're not going to deal Well, that's the one time I will I'll cut loose. Like, well, well, okay, so... so but it feels like a sport. How do you deal with hecklers? Because here's the thing. Social media, web, or not, never feed the trolls. Never feed the troll. Right. Like, to me, ah, a comedians hecklers do, a troll. Yeah. Comedians do, though. Do you, you, do you thrive by that? Or is that... I'm so milk Are you the guy that I call and say, I got yeah. a troll, go yeah. at it? Yeah. Well, how many trolls does a small man in a cardigan get? <laughs> not that many. <laughs> so I don't face that. But which is also kind of... A shame is like, as much as I haven't done anything good, a part of the reason I also haven't gone viral is like, I'm not the victim of much either. Mm. But with a heckler, it's kind of fun because it kind of, one, it kind of feels like a sport. Because I feel like in a comedy club, it's a bit of a sport. That's not to encourage hecklers. But a heckler, <laughs> the context is, it's like, I'm on stage, I have a mic, and no time can we go, well, maybe he's had the right to say something. This is the time where it's been defined that it's, so I, there's kind of a license to go after them. And then it's also just kind of a sport. Mm. I'm never really mad at a heckler after the show. Have you, have you, so let's say you had a heckler. Have you ever had a chat with them after the fact? or Usually like, they get, usually they they get kicked or, out. Usually they, they get kicked so, out yeah. for being drunk. Because usually they're drunk. Is that what it is? A lot of the time. Yeah. Once in a while, I do feel like there's this contingent of like, I'm going to just stereotype it as like, man in his 40s or 50s who just sees humor as a gunfight and by like Talk about the skunk. <laughs> yeah, see? There you go. Right there. Yeah. That yeah. is our comedian. Yeah. Except he's self-aware. Oh, he is it's the so only difference. Have you met Ron? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas there's no one more yeah. self-aware as Ron in this room. But there is yeah, there's like there's also the I also there's also the time when like someone's just too drunk and they just can't they or just talk out loud. So you have to make sure people will get on the heckler side if you're too mean too. So it's a bit of a sport, yeah. but I, I don't I don't mind it too much. When you think about the special, and, and this is like I said, the technology technologist in me just got to ask. Yeah. Do they give you any stats at all about viewing airtime? Because to me, like yeah. the, what I love about Amazon Books, that you know, and he's got he it, he'll be able to tell what a person is reading on a particular line, on uh, a particular thing. They've highlighted this, especially if it's on Kindle. Yeah. The amount of data that Amazon provides an author as to what people are actually interacting. When uh, House of Cards, you brought it up, yeah. they will tell you yeah. that a person binged House of Cards in X amount of time after yeah. it aired. Yeah. Like it launched, it's binged, it's done. Yeah. People, you know. people, you're not the first person to ask me that. They go, oh, does Crave give you any information on who's watching? No. Well, that's but, a horrible question for me to but ask. They, but, but they must have that information. They, they and, they, and, they, and they haven't told me, and that scares the hell out of me. Well, here's the question. Would you rather know? Because I'm, I'm okay with crickets. Yeah. Okay? Like, you know, uh, Gaga has her monsters. I have my crickets. Yeah. Have you, have you seen my crickets? I like, yeah. But and they're spectacular. I know, but lean into it. You enjoy it. I, I think do. you revel in it. Uh, see, here's the problem. Here's why I don't want to know. Because they're not going to do anything to fix it, really. Mm. Like, I would like to know. I'm starting to learn to fail. That's one skill I'm picking up as an adult, is like, 
don't treat every failure as like a personal attack and a personal failure of your character. I sort of like this idea of like, tell me why it sucks and we'll fix it. And I don't think they're willing to fix it. It's that same laziness of like, we could get in a whole rant on Canadian TV, but right now it's all sold by cell phone providers and making TV is their biggest financial loss. It's almost like, you know, um, a thing they have to do. So I don't think they care. Well, and I want to care, but I want to also be able to fix it. Like, if you go on Crave, I don't have a poster. It's my name. I'm like, why don't we do a photo shoot? Well, they would just cost them money, and they won't. So I'm a little frustrated with the process, if I'm being honest. I'm, I like the special, though. The, um, I don't love it. Well, you're going to do more. Yeah, I hope, but it's that dreaded second book, right? When I got to write it? I mean, ugh. You got to write your first one. I already wrote the first one and nobody gave a shit. Why would I do a second one? <laughs> no, no, you don't know if anybody yeah. gave a shit. That's yeah, that's true. See, in, in, in my... Pre oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Thank you. And then I found out about it through social media, through you. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Have you met Heather? Not yes. Yeah, Heather's awesome, isn't she? Yeah, we met on the trails looking at yeah. birds. Oh, she's... I love your photos. Yeah. Every day. What's your number of photos? How, how many days in a row? What are you up to now? Um, did you hit the 3,000 yet? I don't think so. No, I'm You've got to be about 2,400. 2,500. 2,500. That's every day for 2,500 days she puts up a photo. 2,528. There you go. Not bad. Nonstop. Now, how can you get stats on your photos and I can't find anyone watching my damn special or not? Day. And that's kind of my point because. It's the OCD. It, yeah. Check yeah. You assumed it's bad though. Well, yeah, you don't, you don't, you that's that. true. Yeah, I'm a comedian. I have to assume it's terrible. I have to assume the worst, but not care. That's a comedian. You assume the worst, but you also don't care. In uh, in my previous life, I used to work for BBM, which does all Nelsons, basically yeah. Nelsons in Canada. So all of the numbers for radio and TV went through them. So I could tell you exactly what people would watch. Uh, but what was different between the way we did it and, and Netflix? is we would send out a survey to 80,000 people. Right. They would fill out, say, I listened to this show, I listened to this, this, yeah. and they would submit it. And these are all people, I think it's flawed because these are people no, really? who have There's time. There's a reason I'm in Brantford now. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's flawed because you found 80,000 people. To represent 36 million. We've also found 80,000 people who are willing to take the time to fill out a survey no, you sent them. It's the which mom already that makes fills all flawed. four of them and says, uh, he went to work so he listened to the news. Yeah. And he came back and he listened to 107 and, yeah. and we would get those. Yeah. But then they introduced the PPM device and you would find, once again, people that would be willing to carry a pager that would listen to the audio Insanity, talk. Yeah. So 6,000 people represented 36. So yeah. what I learned from all of that, and I'm talking about a lot of data, Yeah. it's BS. It's BS, because I also... So, yeah. swear jar, you know, my first swear. I also think that it's... Uh, there's a lot of people who fall asleep in front of the TV when the CBC's on. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, counts as a, which, which counts as a view. Especially, but we'll take it. Yeah, we, They actually had to put a motion sensor on these pagers because people were attaching it to their kids. Really? They, it'll huh. only register if you're actually mobile. So now you found people that will wear oh, yeah. a pager like it's a house arrest. Because they paid for it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was Facebook determining steps. They're listening to everything you listen they, to. Oh, my God. They really are, yeah. They already have it. Yeah. yeah. So we shifted in the last 10 years. And the reason I bring it is 10 years ago, this made sense. We had no internet. We had no ability yeah. to say, this person highlighted paragraph 3 of page 500 and just loved it. You get that on Amazon. Netflix will tell you if a person stopped, paused, right. you know, how long. That is real-time information. Yeah. We're not guessing anymore. Yeah, which kind of takes the fun out of it. It does, but you still yeah. don't know your numbers. Yeah, that's not that fun either. So, yeah, it is. Nothing <laughs> screwed and screwed and screwed. That's nothing's, yeah, my point is nothing is fun. No. So let's talk about something fun. Okay. It's not home renovation. Okay. It's not Brantford. Yeah. It's not traveling all over. What is fun for you? What do you do outside of all other than the animals? Yeah. Because once again, you're going to be donating to the Brand Animal Aid Brand Foundation. Brand Animal Aid Foundation, yes. Uh, yeah, well, I always pick up a new hobby every once in a while. So this year, this year I bought a bicycle. Ooh. As in boom? No. No, as in motor? Boom. No, yeah. Proper human powered bicycle. And. Uh, it's not carbon fiber like that Murdoch guy. <laughs> who? 
Oh, uh, supposedly, what's his name? Yannick? Yannick. He's got a carbon fiber bike because, you know, he's Yannick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fun fact, too. Yannick also wears sneakers when they don't show his feet. So if you ever see... So I, try... I have a picture of him. I yeah? have a picture of and... him all dressed up as Murdoch with... With the sneakers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I bought a road bike, but I think what I've found is the cynical part of me, any hobby I usually find, I struggle to find people who also do it whose company I enjoy. Um, how do I describe? I'm trying to find this. I'm trying to find this like magic world. So I bought a bike, like a proper like a road bike, and uh, no I'm. No rude way not to say it. Just pick a word. What's that? Which part? No rude way to say that. Like not rude way to say that. That you don't like anyone's company. Like we're all here. We heard. Yeah, uh, you're right. I hate too. you all. Yeah. No, I like. Say you hate us all. I like. No, but this I like talking. To me, this is it. Talk, hanging out and talking with people is my favorite hobby. This is like. That's why you said yes. This is my thing. This is like just talking to people. Is, is like the it's most fun thing you can do. Which is why I hate things like Netflix <laughs> and Skip the Dishes and all these things because no one goes out anymore. Mm. That's another thing small towns have. You know, and yeah, going out is like, is a good hobby, but people don't want to like, people are so afraid to talk to other people. Do you think that social made us less social? I have, oh my God, absolutely. I, I, would, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, because you're afraid to go out and face people face to face because People do get tiresome after a while, but if you lean into it, like when you're out and standing up, I think we're so lazy that like just standing up is annoying. And I think even when you go to a restaurant now, people want to eat in their bed. So skip the dishes is for people who don't want to sit on a chair because that is like torture to them. Even when you go to a restaurant, you don't even want to sit in the chairs. You ask for a booth. You're like, do you have a couch I can sit on while I do this? Like people, <laughs> nobody wants to be sitting upright with any discomfort. So uh, that's my one hobby. That's what's fun to me is being out and talking to people, and it kinda, it's kind of rare. Like, mm -hmm. that's why it's hard to get, like, remember O'Toole's used to have, like, people would go for a drink after work, which, you know, I mean, obviously, like, that part gets to, I think people are. I haven't heard that name in, like, <laughs> O'Toole's, yeah, I know, but, like, what a fun, like, I wish that existed, and I think Brantford, I wish, I think there is more of that. Usually you have to tack it to a hobby. So like if you go and run with the Brant Death Racers, then yeah. they go for a drink after. Yeah. So you do have to find a hobby. So I did get into cycling. And there are a lot of great people who cycle too. But you go for a drink after. But you have to do something first. So, which is back to my point of trying to find a fun mix of people who like to ride their bikes for a long period of time and go a long distance. But don't take it too seriously and don't need carbon fiber, you know? But there's only people who ride because they can't afford a car, and there's people who ride because they have something to prove. There's got to be some there's sweet spot happy. in the middle there's of just goofing around. Like we were riding, I was riding with the group on the trail, and there were all these deer, and they kept going because they didn't want to lose their average speed because they're on Strava, which checks your average speed and your cadence and your. This information deer. is bad. Deer. The information yeah. forces you to keep plugging away to get likes and views and. We could have stopped and looked at the deer. As someone that has written a lot of software and whatnot, yeah. the gamification of these things, yeah. trust me, we manipulate the crap out of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's so easy to gamify stuff. Not me. How often, if Not you have me. a little red thing on that notification, your yeah. OCD will make you click. Yeah, I know. That's and then they'll say, hey, you did well. You clicked on the button. You don't think I check my steps every day and feel like a failure if I haven't done so many? But it's also kind of fun if you do nothing all day. If you can keep it under a thousand. May I recommend putting the step on the dog? Yeah, what a win, right? Yeah. Oh, we have we won one for the dog. There's a Fitbit for your dog. Is there really? They make Fitbits for your dog. Why would Can you some stats just be left alone? Can't we just wonder how many steps my dog walked today? Could you just, you know, to your point, I could be in the basement recording this and not care that there's no one looking. Yeah, but here's the other thing. And you'll find I'm a very conflicted man who has no. who, will, who will debate himself on anything. At the same time, the steps in the info make you continue on. There's that's an accountability. The game, that's that's why Weight Watchers works. That's why step counters work to some extent until you get bored of the step counter. But this, like, yeah, it's gamification. You're like, oh, I should get 10,000 steps. Yeah. I can do another lap around the block. Well, the, the second I throw an avatar or a little digital you know, thing that says you're, you are this, you achieve this. Yeah. If you don't have that and you're just that one couple of steps away, you, you'll do the work. Yeah. You know? So, but, but then we don't see each other because that's the other reason oh, we're not so being fun. friends with each other. So you have to see what I've done on, I'll share it and you'd better like it, damn it. Oh my God. Oh, now I have a friend because he liked the thing I did. That's, no, no, yeah. no. 
to your point about the social yeah. bit, there's truth. In many ways, we're far more connected than we've ever been connected before. Like, seriously. I still stay at home in the basement. Yeah. You know? Connected. Connected. Yeah. That... But, and again, I could do my, you know, my, you know forget chit-chatting and point-counterpoint, but it'll be a one-man podcast. Just me you know telling you what I like and then telling you why I'm dumb for liking what, it. What, angry you and happy you? Just the idea of, like, <laughs> but do we, are we supposed to fight against progress? Like, this sort of thing. Like, I know you hate skip the dishes and things like that. And I agree. I think he... Hate. Yes, yeah. you hate. Yeah. Capital H, one of those throat H's, hates it. And I get it. And we hate all of that stuff. And we go to all these small towns and like we lost our hardware store because it was a small hardware store. And I think we do need to fight against it a little bit, but at the same time, progress is coming. Progress is coming. Like, the rail had to leave sometime. The rail had to leave, and you know the telegraph operator's out of a job, and Western Union's not wiring money like it used to. There's a bit of that where people are trying to hold on to it too much, and you're like... How much do you fight back, and how much do you make the best of the new yeah. world? Well, when I did uh, the, the, the first interview tonight, I purposely uh, went back to the archives and found that David McKeith speech, because I loved his credit, because it was all about how the town crier was the communicator for yeah. the king. Yeah, yeah. Okay, or the mayor, or you know, whatever tier they were in. They were the communicator. There was no social, there was no newspaper. They were the word of the king. If you had the speaker show up in an area, and they went, dang, 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 that was the king speaking. And now, as David does sarcastically, he's a prop. Yeah. See, and imagine they had stuck with it. Imagine they were like, imagine for some reason he won the town crier. We had everything else, but no phones. <laughs> it's a big neighborhood. Imagine you were in the far, far end of New West Brant. You'd be like, I didn't hear shit. Wait, wait. What's happening? <laughs> there was a war. Wait, was there a war? Was there? Yeah, there was a war. Yeah, wait, we fought the Germans. The side of the street going, I live at the far end. I don't hear anything. There was a war? You know, yeah. But I think that is where you could put up a sign and everybody would know what happened because they're so focused on that as opposed to being distracted by everything. Focus on what? Whatever you're trying to... You walk into a small town, they yeah. got one focus. It's you. You're, yeah, you're, you're, of you're course. the big shiny yeah. object. Of but the what are you, what are There's gonna, no big yeah. shiny object in a, in a multi-million thousand person population. Yes, yeah, so what do we do? Like, does Brantford... Do you splinter? Like, do you put a community center in West Brant? Oh, we all And everyone from West Brant? I'm pretty sure it's splintered. We splinter, but not with its own... But not, you, to splinter, you'd have to also then have a, your own nucleus, though. Yeah. Like, so does everyone from West Brant go to? Is there a venue in West Brant? They're building them. They're building them, but, but the network to like share, yeah. like that. Oh, there's a theater in West Brant, so everyone in West Brant goes to that theater. Yeah. That'll never happen. No. Everyone drives to where you ever drive to, and that's something we've learned on Still Standing is like everything's dying because you just you just drive to the bigger thing. Like, the hardware store in Omimi closed, but if you look, you can practically see the Home Depot in Peterborough. So. The you got Ramford craving a Costco. Yeah. Isn't the fun driving to Costco? Isn't the fun like, oh, man, we got to load up? Because you, you, you don't pop into Costco. It's a thing. It's, oh, I'm there. I'm in every aisle yeah. for hours. Yeah. You got your own food. You don't even have to leave. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Social Business Hangout. The Social Business Hangout podcast series is still available on iTunes. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the Gunners Club in Brantford, Ontario on October 30th, 2018. Did I mention that was in front of a live audience? I would like to thank my guest, Graham Chittenden. Stay humble.